Welcome to the Home Lad Epa Show. What number are we on, Jay? <laughs> oh gosh, I totally forgot what number we're on. We've, we've done so many of these that it's like um, I know we're not at fifty yet. Not at fifty. Forty-five. Just, I, I, had, had, I had a, It was on the tip of my tongue. It is number forty-five. We um we had a meeting. Well, Jay did one that ran over, and I kind of had one that ran over as I was working on something before I got set up. So yeah. you know, you get those distractions, and your notes are not funny right away. So this is. Home Lab Show, episode 45, where we're going to talk about YubiKey. These things mm -hmm. are awesome. They can save you some convenience. And this is one of those rare exceptions where it's actually relatively convenient and secure. Generally, security and convenience are at so much at odds with each other. When people, this is what makes them not want to do security or have long passwords or go through multiple right. steps of authentication because it's hard. It's inconvenient. And... Obviously, most of the attacks, because they occur remotely, you can think about your threat modeling a little bit different in terms of technology. If you're someone who has a physical threat model on there, well, I'm sorry, YubiKey's probably not the solution, and we're probably not the podcast for you because we're going right. to focus on the technology side and uh, securing things, not, not as much. I mean, yeah, it does help your physical person to an extent. We'll actually talk a little bit about that because there's an option to use uh, Lux and encryption with YubiKey, but... <laughs> Before we get too far off topic, let's start by thanking a sponsor of the show. That is Linode. And Linode has been a sponsor since the beginning. They continue to sponsor the Home Lab show. And it's a great place to host and talk about all these projects. Matter of fact, let's bring it related to YubiKey. Yes, you can set your YubiKey authentication up on a Linode server. So you can log in and then need your YubiKey to get any further. This is a great way to help secure things. And once again, it's a way to be... A little bit easier actually to log in than just ssh keys it adds an extra factor of authentication gives you that extra security i guess the only inconvenient thing could be is if you lost your yubikey um right as part of their marketing because a lot of the suggestions are buy two yubikeys this is a conspiracy yep. by the yubikey people to get you to buy more yubikeys <laughs> and i like to think of it as like a um consequence of having add like i have to buy spare things every now and then because i lose my car keys all the time i lose everything all the time so having another of something is always a good thing for us so um, yeah. i think we could be to blame too could be to blame but either way when you set it up it is recommended you use two of them uh we'll get into why later in this video but we want to thank Linode for sponsoring head over to linode.com slash home lab show to get started it gets you some free uh time on their servers so go ahead and get yep. started with that and thanks Linode for doing this we appreciate it yeah <clears throat> i already see uh comments on this we're aware of the news with Linode um that's as far as we can really talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't even had a conversation between ourselves about that as of yet. And um, it's kind of like one of those things we're just um, kind of uh, digesting that. And yeah. well, uh, Node was bought by Akamai, yeah. so we can get the elephant out of the room. Right, right. They, that that happened. I, I found out uh, late last night, um, personally. So barely, yeah. I haven't even had 24 hours on it yet. But it's one yeah. of those things I might, I might make a video. I might not. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. So, all right, that's uh, that's as much as we can. We just don't have anything to say. It's not that we know anything more. Matter of fact, it, it turns out a lot of people didn't know this was going to happen until it happened, like it was uh, breaking news. So, I think yeah. people could probably accuse me of of knowing about it, but I didn't know. I didn't no, know anything. So, none of us knew anything. We we're right. not under any disclosure. We we were like, oh, look at that interesting piece of news. <laughs> that happened. Um, now, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on, and let's be honest, there there's few things in life that there's universal agreement on. There's always debate 
about everything. But I think one thing I feel safe to say that there won't be any debate on is the fact that passwords suck. Like, oh, they do. who likes passwords? Like, raise your hand if you think passwords are awesome. And I, I really don't think anyone's raising their hand unless they have oppositional defiance disorder, but, you know, no judgment on that either. Yeah. Um, passwords <laughs> are horrible. Um, you, you know, we have to try to remember them and manage them and resist the urge to make them the same across different devices, which we all know is bad. But um, I mean, honestly, like, can you say you've never done that? I mean, even I can't say that I've never done that. Um, but you shouldn't do that. And we need something better. And passwords are one of those things that I'm surprised we still have. If you had asked me 10 years ago, do you think um, we'd still be using passwords in 2022? I'd probably say no. We we should have something better by the, by then. But um, you know, people listening can't see me, but I'm holding up a computer mouse, which is another thing that I wouldn't think we'd still be using that we've had since the 80s. But so Star Trek lied to me. <laughs> it kind of did, like like you know, like like Scotty, like computer, computer, <laughs> talking to your mouse. I know, I know. Um, I mean, Scotty was he had me hoping for the future. I remember seeing that going. I can't wait till a time like that. And it kind of aged me a bit, but that movie in particular, Star Trek Four, was the very first theater movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, anyway, we didn't come here to talk about Star Trek, although I know a few people wouldn't mind that. Um, yep. The fact is, passwords suck. We need something better. We're kind of like in a crossroads where we have different technologies that do exist, but they're in varying levels of adoption industry-wide. So that's kind of the hard thing is that we could develop something that's amazing and we'll replace passwords, but will people implement it? I don't know. Now, YubiKeys give us kind of that um, extra layer of protection, because if your username and password were to leak out um, without a uh, second factor, obviously, that's really all someone needs to get into your account. But with the YubiKey um, or a device like the YubiKey, there's another layer. So you have a button that you have to press to verify you have the thing in your hand. Um, or if it's NFC, you just kind of wave it around or put it in the back of your phone. Um, and that that makes it such that if someone gets your password, then um, hopefully they won't get any further than that. Obviously, change your password if you think it's been compromised. Um, don't rely on the YubiKey to always protect you, but it's kind of one of those things that'll help you out. Now, this is a home lab podcast, so why do we care, right? Um, <clears throat> maybe we do, maybe we don't. But I think in today's day and age, whether you're an enterprise user, home lab user, this is a good thing to have because... I've seen people have their Twitter accounts owned just because they have a username that another person thinks that they want more. So they take over an account just because they want the username. You don't even have to be famous. You don't even have to have a YouTube channel or anything. Sometimes um, you just have to consider having one or having something to help protect you. And the YubiKey is a hardware device that allows you to do that. And I'm in the process of making another video. There is a video on my channel already about YubiKeys and setting them up, but I'm going to be making an updated one. You can still watch the original. Probably not that great compared to the production quality now on my channel, but it, it, it is there. Um, but part of my, um, <clears throat> my desire to dust this topic off again is because the product lineup is just confusing. And when I first looked at it recently in preparation for writing this script. I mean, I've been working on and off and on for a month, not because it's difficult. I have other things going on. But part of it was like, what do I tell people to buy? Like, there's pros and cons of each. And you would think if you buy the most expensive product in a lineup, you get all the features of the ones or the models underneath it, plus new features. But that's not really the case. You actually lose some features on the more expensive YubiKeys. So um, I think that 
what we're going to do in this video or video in this podcast episode is talk about the um, basics of the YubiKey. And then in the video that I'll be putting out, I'll go a little bit more into detail about it. But there's a lot of advice I think we can give in this video. Yes. That's episode. <laughs> I've been recording a lot and saying video over and over again. I'm working on like 80 videos at the same time. And no, I'm and not. <laughs> I, I also shared out Jay's video he did and how to turn on uh, with authentication. The pan, there's a couple of PAM modules you need to load in Linux. This will allow you to use YubiKey for your Linux desktop. Uh, this will also allow you to use YubiKey for your SSH and servers that you set up. So there's um, those videos already exist in those tutorials. So we're not going to get into some of the walking you through step-by-step step because those already exist. And they'll, I'll throw them in the show notes, but they're also, um, when I tweeted out the show, it's in, in the Twitter and it's easy to find on Jay's channel. If you type in YubiKey, I don't think you, I think it's the only video you have on YubiKey if I'm not mistaken. I'm not aware of, I don't remember doing another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that one's, it, that one's dated, but like I said, a new one will be coming. So first of all, um, what can you use a YubiKey for? I think that's a good place to start. And you already yeah. mentioned a few things there, right? So SSH is a big one for us because we use that a lot. So having um, SSH, um, you know, protected with the YubiKey, you have to press the button. It, basically you type in SSH or your SSH command, you type in your password, unless you have like, you know, key authentication as you should. And then the next step is it's going to ask you to press the button on the YubiKey and you do that and then you're logged in. Um, that's one thing. Uh, protecting social media accounts, sure. You know, it doesn't have to be SSH. You could protect your Twitter account, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what all services support it, but I think most do. And you could actually have it backing several different accounts. So that way you have one security key that can um, get you into your desktop. You can make your login screen, even on Ubuntu, you know, even on the GDM login screen, you can make that require someone to press the key. So you could take the key out, walk away. Um, you know, someone can't just they know your password come in behind you and log in, they need the YubiKey and you have it in your hand, then guess what? They can't go any further. Um, server logins, like you said, you could set that up. And there's even an authenticator app that they offer as well. So there's all kinds of different features here. So I think that it's something to consider. And uh, considering how bad passwords are, whether you care about this or not, I think you kind of should because we really need that extra layer of security because the minute that password leaks out there, I mean, who knows? Someone could be um, logging into something that you'd rather they not log into. Exactly. That's a huge thing. Do we want to talk a little bit about the um, how the protocol works? Yeah, that's something I'm diving into kind of in the middle right now. So we could talk a little bit about that. Um, and then maybe I'll just say a few things. And if you can fill in some of the blanks, we could do that. Um, because there's several different um, terminologies that you have yes. to know, right? There's OTP. This is what makes them a little bit of a challenge to understand. <laughs> right. There's, there's like OTP, there's TOTP, there's UTF, there's FIDO2. I'm sure I'm forgetting something there. Um, because at its basic level... If you don't understand any of this stuff, right, you don't know what these terms mean, and we'll talk about it in a sec, um, you don't really need to know. At this basic level, you can set up the YubiKey to where you just press the button and it logs you in. Um, do you have to know how it works under the hood? No, but we usually like to know that. That's why we're into the home lab thing, because we want to know more. But if you just want to get started and get up and running, you just buy one, you uh, pair it, and then you know press the button to get in, and that's it. But to under understand the feature set, we do have to understand some of these um, terms like OTP, one-time password, 
I think that one is pretty self-explanatory. It's a password that you can use one time. It's a one-time password. <laughs> it's um, something that changes regularly. Um, for example, it increments by one, as I understand it. So if you log in and then, you know, it increments, and then there's another one, and there's another well, one. Um, let's dive in to explain it a little bit, because mm -hmm. I, I I think our audience will give them the, a little bit more how the OTP algorithm works. Um, okay. Because I know definitely it works, it's secure, but what if you could see it? What if you could see it and then increment it by one? And this is where it's a little bit of a cool nuance the way YubiKey does this with the YubiKey OTP generation algorithm. Now, good news is it's completely, if you type in OTPs explained Yubico, they have a detailed write-up. This is all open source. One of the huge things that YubiKey does is allow all of this to be open source. So you're completely trusting the math and implementation, not deep, dark sorcery secrets locked in silicone. That's a really important factor that all of this is done with open protocols. That way, from a developer standpoint, you can understand how to implement it. And from a security auditing standpoint, you can go through and go, the math is good. And they break down all the math in there. Now we're going to get too deep into the math, but we will talk about how that works with the ID. So every time you touch the YubiKey, if you're using the YubiKey OTP for authentication, it has the UID, the private secret ID, then it has the usage counter, then it has timestamp, sesadjustion counter, and random number. Each time it generates a one-time password, just as it sounds, OTP one-time password. And if that password is used, the system marks off that the increment ID was X and we've now used a one-time password. Now, what if someone were to try to intercept or get that password? Oh, I got it. You know, Tom, I, I copied it and it authenticated. I'm going to try and use it again. Replay attack. The way the counter predicts against this is it increments the counter. And let's say I'll use Bitwarden as an easy example. I log in a Bitwarden. And let's say you were screen capturing me and you, you were able to uh, somehow intercept the input of my OTP. Well, it's one time. If you tried to replay it back, the system would go, no, the counter doesn't match because I had a counter of this. I expect the counter to always be higher, even if it's multiple times higher. The reason it has to be up to multiple times higher is because what if I log into a few other services that use YubiKey OTP? Well, the incrementing goes up. So it just has to be greater than the last authentication used. Right. It can be one greater. It can be I use it 20 times greater. This is the kind of the genius of how they do it and how this is why even if you were to see my YubiKey and watch me type it a couple times, you can't reverse engineer it and you can't do this. You can't intercept it and you can't replay it. This is a really important factor for how they do the YubiKey. Yep. Yep. And also we have TOTP, which is time-based. Oh, yeah. The time into account. Yes. And that's, that's also... how you stop that replay. Every 30 seconds it rolls. <laughs> exactly. So then you're thinking about things like Google Authenticator and Authy, and they have their own solution for that as well, where you have like a code on your you know, smartphone that's changing. You just got to type it in really quick before it changes again, and um, that gets you in. So there's also that. And then there's FIDO2, which I admittedly haven't done a lot with. My understanding of that, though, is that they're trying to get rid of passwords altogether. It's almost like a uh, key pair relationship where you have a shared secret and then you have some you know, information that you don't share and that gets you into sites. But 
I haven't really seen or researched yet how uh, common that is yet. Um, that's something I'm in the process of diving more into, but I don't have a whole lot to say yet. The adoption is is definitely one of the huge challenges uh, here. A lot of places, because of the openness, have adopted the YubiKey OTP, but some of the other authentication methods have been, I think, a little slower to adopt. I think people get a little afraid to implement them. Yeah, and I understand why, because, it's, you know, if you're... I mean, you should never do this. If you're inventing your own security or writing your own libraries, then um, you you could forget something or have some something happen in the code or an overflow or, you know, some kind of thing that would allow somebody to get in or, you know, weaken the security. So generally speaking, you want to use a, you know, something that's tried and true and that's been audited. But um, you get off into the weeds when you start to configure some of these things. And I think it's um, unfortunate that people are slow to uh, adopt it, but it's also a good thing because uh, we shouldn't just blindly accept every security solution that comes our way. We do we do need to vet it before we implement it, especially in enterprise. Um, but that being said, it's just you know adoption slow. You know, like I remember in 1993, they said VR would be the future. Like, yeah, we we still have <laughs> VR now, but is it as widespread as they said it was? No, <laughs> that is not the future we asked for. We didn't no, want because we don't want Zuckerberg in charge of that. <laughs> no, I wanted I want the um what do they call it on Star Trek where you have that that room you go into the whole holodeck. That, the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought I thought we would have by now, you know, with something like that. But no, here we are with the Oculus of all things. Anyway, um adoption takes a while. That's the that's the problem here. But because the YubiKey supports uh several different types of authentication then chances are whatever you use, whatever accounts you use, you'll be able to protect it with a YubiKey. Yeah, now, I, I seen a few people mention, and I, I mentioned <laughs> Linux. Yes, it supports Linux, but yes, you can use a Microsoft account, even have your Microsoft login set up with it as well. So yep. um, I, I don't want to leave the Microsoft people out. <laughs> so that, some yeah. of you out there. <laughs> Mac, Windows, Linux, it you know works with everything. You don't even have to have a GUI. If it's a Linux server, it doesn't matter. Um, it works yeah. with all of that. So if you can imagine it, it probably works. I haven't seen very many use cases yet, but we should kind of get one thing out of the way because you mentioned buying two and oh, why would yeah. you do that? So the the thing is, you know, we're all human, you know, um, I'm not sure how waterproof these things are. Um, I remember hey. one time I had a um, flash drive on my key ring. This is a long time ago when having a flash drive was like a really cool thing and now they're practically disposable. And, you know, I, I live in Michigan, so I dropped my keys in the snow when I was trying to unlock my door and, you know, the said USB flash drive no longer works. But I don't know how durable the YubiKeys are because I'm not trying to torture test them right now. But the idea is if you lose it, if it breaks, um, that's bad because you can't get into your accounts anymore. You need a another way. So you could have another YubiKey maybe in a safety deposit box somewhere that you could go and grab if you need to, um, you know, go ahead and get into your accounts again. So having two is generally a good idea. Now, if you're like me, you could lose two. You could probably lose five of them, but, you know, that's another story altogether. Um, but at least having two, because we're human, things happen, um, you know, it's just the way it is. You need a backdoor to get back into your accounts. And if you're relying on one YubiKey, um, one really annoying thing that I've noticed with this stuff, with, with security in general, and I think this isn't a YubiKey problem. This is just an industry problem. I can't remember which service it was, but I had uh, two-factor enabled, as I should, and I wasn't able to get in. I don't know why. So 
I, I found a button on this account. I re- really wish I could remember what service this was. And it just be- said, you know, reset second factor. So I clicked on it. It sent me an email and I clicked on the link and then I was back in. Um, and I kind of feel <laughs> like if you have that on your service, then the YubiKey itself isn't really going to help you because if a hacker got control of your email, then they will also click that I don't have the YubiKey link. And then all of a sudden they'll reset that and and they're in. So I kind of feel like having that link in a service to easily bypass second factor really just makes it worthless. Yeah, a lot of companies they they do that to try to be a little bit more convenient um, right. to the user base, which I think is hugely wrong. And often, you know, there's even been a few crypto heists and they were able to bypass some of the two FA systems. Once there is a bypass method by link, for example, to email, there's a greater potential for that potential method for that method to be exploited and leveraged as a way to get around some of these. So yeah, poor implementation is uh, huge and I've dealt with it directly in my industry. Uh, we had to call out a company um, and they eventually fixed it. We won't say the name of the company because they did fix it without being called out, but we had to get engaged with them to get them to uh, stop that ability in some enterprise software that uh, we used. We, we yep. just told them this is really wrong people. Like it's so easy to get around the 2FA. It's almost pointless to have it because you can just do a reset <laughs> or my personal favorite the sms messages that have the code when sms is so easy to eavesdrop on so um it's like that doesn't help much um yeah so poor implementation is not going to be yubikey or excuse me yubico is the company that made the yubikey it's not their fault if a yeah. service is like that now i do understand a service you know they had it, it costs a lot of money to employ customer service representatives and um, if you don't have a way to, you know, facilitate people regaining access to their accounts, you're going to get a lot more calls. But at the same time, the way I feel is that if I decide to use a key or a similar hardware device, then if I lose it, it's my fault, right? I don't feel like I would ever want to put that on a customer service agent to help me because I made that decision to lock my account down so no one else could get into it. And if that also means I locked myself out, well, I took that risk when I set this up. So they shouldn't have a link on there to bypass it because I made the choice to not have that. But on their standpoint, it's going to be, but we have way too many calls and not enough people to answer them. So that's a whole other debate we can get into, or maybe you could get into in your other YouTube channel, but um, (laughs) that's not for us today. But the Bottom line is have two, at least. Just put one away in a safety deposit box or maybe stash one at a relative's house if you trust them. Keyword, you really got to trust where you put that thing. Um, but at least have a, a you know second way to get in if the primary way uh, you know isn't working or isn't possible. Yeah. So now we, we could kind of get into the confusing aspect of it. And this is something that I'm still wrapping my head around, honestly. But... Um, the confusing nature of what to buy because there's so many of them. Now, any YubiKey that you buy, and they can be as cheap as I think 25 US dollars on up to like almost, or if not 80 US dollars, depending on features, any of them will help you secure your, your accounts. So if you're, I mean, obviously we have a lot of tech people here. This is a tech podcast, but even if it's like, you know, a relative that's not tech savvy, you want to protect their them to protect their accounts. It, it's pretty easy. Just go into the settings of the service that you are using. Um, basically, make your YubiKey able to be that second factor, and then you're done. You don't have to know about the protocol. You don't have to know what it's like behind the scenes. So the end, the barrier of entry is small. But when you get past the barrier of entry, and you're like, oh my god, which one do I buy? That's where it gets a bit confusing. And part of it 
the bigger part of it is not their fault, right? Um, Yubico, I don't think, just an opinion or a theory, they want to, you know, piss people off. I don't think they want to do that. I don't think there's a marketing advantage to making things confusing. But the industry, we have USB-C, uh, USB Type-A, we have, uh, you know, Lightning and all these other different ports. And the average person is going to have unlike devices. Nowadays, USB-C is so common that it is very well possible that someone listening has USB-C on all the things and they don't care. They're just going to buy the USB-C version of it, um, which is great. But then some people might have an older iPhone that doesn't have a USB um, port on it, or maybe they need USB on the go. Then there's NFC, near, near field communication. So there's no port. You just kind of, you know, you can actually have it behind your phone and it, it gets in that way. So that's where you start to get off in the weeds because what if your laptop has USB-C and uh, your desktop doesn't, right? You could buy an adapter, but, you know, that aside, uh, what if you buy a USB type A um, YubiKey and then you want to eventually use it on your laptop, which doesn't have that. So um, that's when you start to get, you know, things start to get confusing. And now we have the YubiKey Bio, which has a um, bio sensor, a fingerprint reader on it that um, adds another layer of security um, but that has fewer features than, because um, you don't have the, I believe it's NFC that you don't have with the YubiKey BIOS. So um, there's a little confusion around that. So that's kind of what I want to talk about next, because it's just um, one of those things. <clears throat> yeah, it looks, uh, the YubiKey BIOS series FIDO edition. So supports FIDO web, uh, web auth, available USB A and C, uh, has the fingerprint on there. But it's obviously, like you said, it's missing the NFC, which is really handy. If you look at the table, it's just um, weird because, you know, this classic little um, table where you have the different levels of a product. You have the product and then super product and ultra product and, you know, goes on up um, regardless of what it is. And you have these little green check boxes where the first one, the cheap one has like four and then the next one has 10 and then 15. But when you look at the compare page from Yubico, you'll notice that some of the more expensive ones are missing some check boxes. So it's not about buying the most expensive one. It's about buying the one that has the features that you need in particular, which might mean that that $25 YubiKey is perfect for you. That's all you really need. And if you need that fingerprint reader, then of course you are going to need the fingerprint reader, but then you um, actually sacrifice NFC doesn't have a lightning port, it's just USB type A. So um, basically we're talking about desktop use at that point. But to go all the way back to the beginning and work our way up, we have the YubiKey 5 series. And I'm actually looking at the table right now, so I'm hoping I don't misspeak here. But the for the entry level is the security key series. So this is actually the um, cheapest one, $25 US dollars up to 29. Um, it has pretty much, I think, most of what people need you could buy a USB-A version, a USB-C version of that. Um, it also has NFC, depending on which one you get. Supports FIDO. Um, we were just talking about that. It does say water-resistant, so I guess I, I didn't notice that. It's crush-resistant, yeah. too. I don't know how um, crush-resistant it can be, but I, I, you know, maybe if you drive a car over it, it'll survive. <laughs> I doubt it, though. Um, no batteries required, so there's that. Um, and there's a whole bunch of checkboxes. I'm not going to read all of them, but... What you do is you look at the checkboxes and see what's missing, and maybe the $25 one is perfect for you. The YubiKey 5 series is generally what I recommend starting with because it has slightly, actually probably more than slightly more features because you get like one-time password 
Um, you can actually use OTP, um, OAuth, which we haven't talked about yet, um, OpenPGP. There's a bunch of additional security things that the YubiKey 5 series um, will enable you to have. And at that point, it's just a matter of um, what connector do you have? Obviously, if you have a connector type that all your you know, devices have, buy that one. So if everything you own has USB-C, buy USB-C. Um, that, that's, that's probably a no-brainer at this point. But uh, if you have on-like devices, that kind of gets a little confusing. So um, depending on what kind of hardware you have or what you're protecting, that'll determine which version of the Security Key 5 series you'll go with. Yeah, and I would, like you said, the 5 Series, not the Security Key Series, but it's called right. the YubiKey 5 Series, uh, has the most support for everything, including a couple of custom functions if you want to use the um, personalization tool. Oddly, that's not supported on the Security Key Series. I mean, Security Key Series saves you a few dollars if you're buying in bulk. Maybe that helps you. But the once you go to the YubiKey 5 Series, you have all the features you're looking for. Uh, and they do have one for those of you that need FIPS 140-2. That's just more of a compliance thing. So they do have the FIPS series one. Uh, that's really going to only apply to people who have specific needs, usually when you're interacting with government entities. Um, so right. we won't get too off topic on that because that is a debate into itself. <laughs> exactly. Now, the security key series as I understand it, it doesn't support login to a desktop operating system or laptop operating system, you know, Mac, Windows, Linux, whatever. Um, there's X's for that. So if, yeah. if your use case is to protect logging into your computer as well, then you can't go lower than the YubiKey 5 series at that point. That That's your lowest barrier to entry right there, starting yep. at $45. Now, one thing I think is interesting is that the um, little matrix here that I'm looking at, we could put a link to that in the description or whatever, but... They they look they they basically list the password managers that they are compatible with, which is pretty useful. So if you use a specific password manager like Bitwarden, for example, like Bitwarden support supports all of them, like literally all of them. Yeah. But then they call out Dashlane. I think this is kind of funny. There there's an X on everything. So regardless of which YubiKey you buy, you can't use it with Dashlane. So I don't know if they're just trying to make it so that people that use Dashlane know that. Dashlane does not support any YubiKey at all whatsoever, or they might be calling out Dashlane to say, you need to support us. We're putting it right on our website that you are the only one that doesn't. So you need to, you need to kind of get with the program here. I'm not sure which it is or a mix of both, but they do list Dashlane as um, being yeah. pretty much impossible to use with the YubiKey. Interestingly, the um, LastPass Premium won't work with the Security Key series. You do require a YubiKey 5 to work with LastPass Premium as well, which I thought that was interesting. Yep, and as soon as you go to the YubiKey Five series, then you know you get you get support for Keeper, whatever that is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> LastPass, uh, you know, One Password, and um, Bitwarden Premium. But of course, like everything else, Dashlane is a no go, so that's not going to happen. So Dashlane, I don't know what if it's your fault. Get with the program. I'm, I don't know whose fault it is. If someone doesn't want to work with someone, that's all I can gather from that, or they just haven't gotten around to it yet. Now, the YubiKey Bio series is interesting um especially interesting because that's the one now, now we're outside the five series at this point yeah. right so um that's another series altogether and currently i only see one listed um i have several of these i'm going to be playing with but it has a fingerprint reader on it so my understanding is that you could have up to five fingerprints on your yubikey bio series key 
which could be useful if um, you know you want to you know someone you trust as an emergency, like you could have them put their fingerprint on there, um, your significant other or something like that. Um, so basically, that they can get in an emergency to use it if they need to do so. But I would say I can't think of a reason why, and maybe you can, but I can't um, why you would want to buy two YubiKey Bio Series keys. Because when we say that you should have two, we don't mean that you have to have two of the same. You might if you have to, if you have like a minimum feature set that you need, but it could be the case that you might have a bio key, which is more expensive at around $80. And then your second key might be just a YubiKey 5 at $45, or, um, depending on what's important to you. One's in the safety deposit box, for example. Um, you don't have to worry about someone stealing it and using it because it's, unless they were able to do that there. But the YubiKey bio series actually has like, I don't want to, I don't know if it's like the fewest features, it, but <laughs> you're right. It does. There's a know? lot of X's. And when you look at the uh, YubiKey com comparison chart for those, it has, it's definitely missing a lot. So it really I don't is. think so, I would go with it. Well, yeah, you know, and that's, that's a shame because it doesn't have NFC, for example, and you would think if you're paying $80, which is their most expensive key, it can go up to $85, that you're going to get everything, right? Um, because you're buying the most expensive one available, but you're actually getting fingerprint access um, in exchange for losing a lot of other things. Now, the fingerprint access is really cool because you're, you're essentially locking the key with a fingerprint. So if someone does grab that key and they don't have your fingerprint, so they can't use it so that alone a might nice be advantage it has that is that really is and and having five fingerprints i mean it's you know if one fingers you're eating doritos and you know your left <laughs> hand is especially cheesy you got your right hand ready so you just enroll your other finger on there um you know we all snack it's a pandemic well, no judgment um yeah. you, you could put up to five fingerprints in there to well, unlock and that's the, the test we really need is how how many dorito fingers or cheetos can i eat before my yubikey quits working there's the test we're gonna have to do at some point <laughs> did you say april fool's joke um <laughs> <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, I mean, you're losing out on um, OTP, nope, OAuth, nope, open PGP, no, secure static passwords, nada. Um, it's not FIPS compliant. It's available in USB A and C, but not Lightning. And if, if you still have one of those, it doesn't use NFC, which NFC is really cool. It's just something about having a phone and just kind of having your, your YubiKey behind your phone and then it just unlocks, which is pretty neat. Yeah, but you can't do that with that one. But my understanding, I haven't tested this out yet. Um, I thought that you could set this up to have fingerprint access to log in to your computer. But and I'm pretty well, sure. But on their diagram, they have X's next to Windows, Mac OS and Linux yeah. for logging into the computer, which I thought you could do. I thought I read that I'm going to be totally testing that out in my video. So I'll have a final answer on that. But according to this, they're saying that that's a no go. So it's looking like the YubiKey 5 series is going to be for the majority of people that are watching or listening to this video or this podcast. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, so basically sum it all up, the YubiKey mm -hmm. 5 series has the most features. Look at the comparison chart. That's the one to get. It's a little bit more expensive, but absolutely worth it. I, in my opinion, so you can do all the fun things with the yep. YubiKey. Yep. All the things. Yeah. Now, 
other cool things you can do with the YubiKey, kind of related to that. And this is also why you may want the 5 Series. Now, someone already pointed out right away at the beginning that, yes, you can only do up to um, 32 of these. But you can store your standard TOTP authentication inside of the YubiKey. It's got 32 slots that can be written to for scanning QR codes. It's actually really clever because you're thinking, well, I'm used to using this with my phone. How do I scan a QR code with a... Uh, device. Well, this is a cross-platform uh, cross application. So it works on Linux, works on Windows. Uh, it's a Yubico application that you load on your computer. You plug the key in. It will then read from the key and find any of the TOTP that you have and set all those up. And it's great. You know, copy, paste them. They're right inside your machine. And when you remove it, they're gone. There's no storage being used on your computer. The computer's simply reading it. Now, the same application works on iPhone, works on your um, Android device as well. And you can do this over NFC. So you can just bring the YubiKey close enough to the phone. It can read the NFC chip. It can populate your two-factor authentication. And now you have your rolling TOTP numbers. But how do you get them on there is actually really simple. Use that same YubiKey application. And when a QR code is on the screen, you can tell it to scan the screen for a QR code. And then it will scan the screen, find the QR code, and update that YubiKey. Now, one real strong piece of advice is if you have two YubiKeys and you don't want to lose these TOTP codes because they're not reversible back out of the YubiKey, it does not have a methodology by which it does that, you actually will open up the application, scan the QR code, but don't close the window for whatever you're setting it up in. Then you'll program that key with the code. Remove that key, put in your second key, scan the screen again. Now, this time when it scans and sets up the code on the second key, go ahead and put the code in unless you have a third key and you want to keep repeating the process. This will allow more than one key to have the same TOTP codes. That way, if you ever lose one of those keys, you have it on your backup key. The inconvenience, yep. of course, is if you ever forget and get these things out of sync because you've added or changed one and you forgot to do that process, you'll have to just keep that in mind and be very conscious of it. The other downside, of course, as I mentioned, 32 seems like a lot of numbers, but for those of you that have a lot of things on uh, two-factor, I have way more than 32. So. I think I do too. Yeah, yeah I so think I do too. There is that as a disadvantage. So I would say maybe it's good for some of your really critical things, your few critical things, and then decide what app you want to use. I know someone mentioned Authy in the comments. Authy is a really popular one. I don't use Authy. I use a tool called Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. I'm a huge fan of Aegis. I plan to do a video on it pretty soon. Uh, Aegis is an open source, but runs on Android application that will allow you to do uh, two-factor authentication storage. It's got a really clever storage mechanism, but we'll talk about that at a later date. So, yeah, and I, I like Authy quite a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it, but for right now, it's fine. Um, and just for people that don't know, it, it Authy is like a Google Authenticator yes. replacement, and it's compatible with Google Authenticator. So, if a service is saying, you know, um, enable your Google Authenticator, you can use Authy in place of that um, as, as a drop in replacement. But what's cool about that is you set up an account. And I've seen people, you know, they lose their phone or they upgrade their phone, right? And then uh, they don't have their TOTP at all. But with Authy, you can actually log in and, and pull that back down, which is um, really useful. Uh, just make sure you have a really good password protecting that. But um, obviously that, that can be helpful in making sure that you don't forget something. Um, as far as whether or not I would use YubiKey for that, I don't know yet. I'm still kind of... Um, 
I don't know, maybe 70% through the outline of the video at this point. So I should have that out within a few weeks and then I'll outline those features and what I think people should be using. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning too for this, because you can just take this key and bring it by your phone or bring it by someone else's phone who has the app loaded, it might be worth putting a password and locking it so you have to actually unlock the application itself. Um, yeah. Just an extra little step because obviously if someone wanders off with your key, they're small, they're easy to lose, but they're also easy for someone else to find. Therefore, a good way to look at this is going to be, you probably should have a password on there so other people can't read your TOTPs. The other side of this is it's your second factor of authentication, not your primary. So they would still require that they know your password and then use that. And of course, if you realize you have lost or someone has wandered off with your YubiKey, you should go through and start resetting all of your 2FA because once it's no longer in your possession, you haven't unknown quantity and there was a story i so wish i could share about this where someone had to rekey everything because a friend of mine who works at a very large enterprise company did lose his keys not you don't think he even stole them he left his laptop on top of his car and, and drove off and it was a very specific laptop supposed to be kept in a security case that was not <laughs> i am a major klutz but i have never done anything like that <laughs> That is on a whole new level, it, I think. It caused them to have to rekey all of servers at data centers because they didn't know wow. the status. He, they said, was it in a unlocked status? And he says, I honestly can't remember. I was moving and I meant to put it back in the case. I put the case that he had, keeps it in a locked case because uh, it had the signing keys on it so they could sign software. And they very much uh, keep it shut down, passwords and locked. But he just was using it outside and he did finish something before he moved and set it on his car and put the case locked in his car. He panicked when it wasn't in there. Then he realized I left the laptop on top of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, context switching is really hard to do. You know, Sometimes. you're doing Sometimes. one thing and then you have to switch to another thing, just kind of like having a meeting before this podcast started and context switching yeah, yeah. to start this one. But that's the mm -hmm. eternal struggle of, uh, you know, multitasking, I guess. Yeah, but nonetheless, do lock these devices, especially because they're so easy yeah. to do. And um, I mean, it, it really comes down to your personal threat level. More than likely, if someone were to find this, the average person doesn't know uh, what the YubiKey is. Sometimes we get caught up in our tech right. world. And yes, it's a security threat. But the other side of it is, um, if, if my wife seen it, I don't think she would know what it is. And I work in security. She knows what I do. And she wouldn't know what the YubiKey is if I asked her. Like, uh, I'm going to throw this flash drive in the garbage because every time I um, put it in the computer, it just spits out random gibberish yeah, and then it, it um, doesn't show a drive or anything. So <laughs> obviously there's something wrong with this thing. I'm just going to toss it. It's probably what most people would do, I guess. Right. So those, those are a few thoughts on there. All right. What's yeah. the next topic? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think for me, that's kind of like the basic thing because, you know, the next stage, you know, because we just talked about what it is, is how do you set it up? Yeah. There's PAM modules, there's all this, and that wouldn't really apply to a podcast, in my opinion. No, that's why um, I mentioned your video at the beginning. Right. Jay's got an entire tutorial of how to load the different PAM auth modules, how to set up yep. the repository. I will make sure it's in the show notes. And absolutely, it's um, great for setting up those different authentication, which includes managing the uh, GDM, the GNOME uh, display manager so you can use your YubiKey for your login there. You can have it as part of your sudo. So you type in your sudo password. The only thing, and I don't think this has changed, Jay, and uh, Jay comments mm -hmm. on the video on this, when you are prompted for your 2FA um, 
for your suit, you type a sudo, it prompts you for your sudo password. It doesn't prompt you for the YubiKey. If the YubiKey is not installed, it just fails, but without telling you it's the YubiKey missing. Yeah, that was something I remember bringing up in the video. And I'm not sure if there's a fix for it, but I, I'm hoping to look into that and see maybe it's better now. So yeah, it's what you said. It's like, it's looking for something, but it failed the password, but I typed the right password. What's going on here? Um, no, the YubiKey wasn't plugged in and wasn't accessible or whatever. Um, yes. and, and sometimes it'll just wait for you to press the button, but it's not telling you what it's waiting for. Obviously, it wants you to press the button, but it's not like, please press your YubiKey button. It just has a blinking cursor last time I tried it. So Yeah. To my um, knowledge, they still haven't updated those modules in there, but basically, I, I was reading through. I didn't try setting it back up before the podcast um, to see if that was the case because I'm not using it currently for my uh, log. Right. Now, I, yeah. one thing that uh, there's plenty of write-ups on, but maybe I'll do a video on this, is there's a way you can use it for Lux encryption. So you can use it as part of your boot up. Now, I highly recommend, I've done a video on Lux encryption already, but not specifically Lux plus YubiKey. But with Lux encryption, it is boot time encryption. Well, it can be used for more than boot time. You can use it as just a decrypt different drives, and I use it for that. But Lux encryption can be set to boot partitions. That way, when you boot up your computer, you have to unlock it to get any further. This prevents people from doing things like removing the hard drive and getting any of the data off of it. So even if they have physical access, mm -hmm. Lux encryption is nice. Now, where you can uh, use YubiKey in this, there's actually a Lux YubiKey integration. And there's write-ups right on YubiKey has a whole how to do this. And this allows you to then touch the YubiKey to unlock your system for final finishing the boot up process. This is actually pretty cool, but obviously you do want to make sure if you set something like this up, there's ways to also combine it with a password. That way they can't unlock your computer because what if you left your YubiKey in? What if you have one of those little YubiKeys and you just leave it in the USB slot and someone takes your laptop when you're ordering some coffee at the coffee house and you didn't realize that you left it on there. Um, there's also people that do things like tie a string to themselves. They got the little retractables to pull it out every time you get up from the computer. There's a few different ways to mitigate it, but um, you can combine it with that. Now, one final yeah. thing I'll mention is the YubiKey personalization tool lets you reprogram the YubiKeys. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to bring that up too, because okay. we have several or a couple apps. And the first thing, you know, as I'm dusting this subject off as well do i need that now no um you don't need an app to use a yubikey you could, i mean it's good to have it but you just basically uh, attach it to your computer and then just enroll it into an account but there's two apps there's the um yubikey manager and the yubikey or yubico i should say authenticator the authenticator being a replacement for google authenticator i have not used it yet so i can't speak about that but um, we also have the YubiKey Manager, which allows you to actually edit the features on a key. You can actually disable a feature if it's something that you never plan on using, like you just don't want to have FIDO for whatever reason, just disable it. You could do that in the app. And there's other things that you could do with the app as well. Um, it's good to have, not required. They have it for all the OSs, you know, the Linuxes and the Windows and all your all your Mac people out there uh, will have access to these apps, phones in addition to that. So if you need more control over your YubiKey, you'll download the manager. And if you want to just, you know, use the authenticator, then you could download that separate app for that purpose. And um, that's why we have more than one app, because there's two different purposes. Absolutely. Now, um, one of the uh, wonderful smart people in our chat uh, said there is, Marco says, there is an option to prompt to put the YubiKey in in the PAM module. So uh, that has been apparently 
probably a non-default config, but can be configured to prompt it. So we'll have to do some testing with that. So uh, make a note of that, Jay, when you make your new video, uh, yeah. to test with that module uh, to note, because that's definitely worth enabling. So you know why you it failed if you're using it in the sudo system. Right. And yeah, I, I kind of assumed, you know, as I was talking, I'm like, you know, I bet there's probably a way to prompt a message because pretty much everything in Linux, there's a way to prompt for something, you know, just send something to standard out while you're doing something. So um, even if there wasn't an official way to do it, I'm sure there's a way to do it. But that's, yeah, yeah. It, it, the video does need to be remade. It's a little rough around the edges. It works. Everything's fine. But it, I, I could do better and I will. Yeah, and that, yeah. that might be one of those things. And worth mentioning, too, uh, because of the programmableness of the YubiKey, you have slot one and slot two on those YubiKey five keys we mentioned. Um, you can program slot two to be a static password. Now, you could decide what that static password is. Now, obviously, this is easily, if someone took the YubiKey, they would have that static password with a long press, which is, gives you slot two. It would dump that information out. But where you could find some usefulness in this, you could have a password you type, and then you can have a longer string that's part of the YubiKey. Now you combine two pieces of things, still kind of a second factor. And this can be useful if you have things that you can't actually go through and integrate fully with YubiKey, but you want to have a stronger password for something and you want to have it on a module because it's something that, you know, you can't just use and password fill with a password manager as easily. You could have that slot too, be that. So even let's say you want to use your Lux system on boot, but you want to have a password. So you type the first part of the password that you know, and then the next 20 random characters come out of the YubiKey consistently the same random characters, just random as in when you programmed them. It's kind of another workaround. It's not going to be the absolute most secure but it's a move forward in security is how i look at it it's it's not the it's better if you did the whole lux integration for those you might be looking for something simple and i've seen someone mention it using it like essentially like a password salt um it's going to be a static one but it's a way you can have it so you can have a consistent way to authenticate something and do it so just more use cases and stuff fun stuff to play around with with the YubiKey. Yeah, I think that's something that you'll find after you get used to the YubiKey. There's other uses for it, other ways or clever ways people have found to, you know, implement it and do yes. something. Like I, I, as you were talking, I'm like, could I just like type in a Linux command in that slot and then just yes. long press? Because it's like, I, I forget sudo all the time. So maybe I could just have the long press be sudo exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So every time I forget to type sudo, I just press the button and then I'll just repeat the command. <laughs> <laughs> put sudo in front of it. That's not even a password or anything private. It's just, you know, maybe I could just set convenience it or something. <laughs> I'll just press the button and now htop comes up or something. Um, there's all kinds of you know, crazy things you could probably do with it if you put your mind to it. And many people have, I think GitHub probably has a bunch of stuff on there if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of use cases we have not covered and, uh, but that's the flexibility of these are, they're, they're pretty cool. Great for secure authentication. Um, matter of fact, we like some of the enterprise software that we're using um, some of the stuff we switched to. I really like their YubiKey authentication because every time you have to do a privileged command in it, they actually just have you touch your YubiKey if, as opposed to entering your TOTP each time, which because they have a high level of security for mass actions. It makes you think a little bit more, but it also adds a little bit of convenience of cool. I don't have to go get my TOTP code each time. I can just touch my YubiKey and let me have this privileged escalation uh, for this particular thing I need to get done. So I'm, I'm hoping to see more integrations with it. It's a great system. Uh, it works great in Bitwarden. I, I'll mention too in Bitwarden, it's not your only authentication. It can be an addition to, so you can right. still have your backup, either your backup codes or your backup TOTP. And, the YubiKey is an additional level of authentication. So yep. uh, it, you don't necessarily in that circumstance have to have two YubiKeys because you have another method to get in if you were to lose it. 
Yeah, that's what I use actually. I have YubiKey mapped to Bitwarden, and then I have um, I think it's like Authy as the second. I can't remember. So basically, when I when I try to access Bitwarden, it says press the button on your YubiKey. If I don't have it plugged in, then I just say, well, I don't have it with me. Then it takes me to another another screen where I can put in a TOTP code from right. another app, and then I get in that way. So you had everything if, if you just wanted to lock your password manager down i mean that alone could just be a use case for this yeah so this was by the way we should have got this sponsored by yubihi it was not <laughs> this yeah, is it wasn't. Excited. <laughs> you know i actually reached out to them uh, because i like them so much you know the way i look at it if i like a company maybe they'll want to sponsor but i literally sent them a couple of emails because i um, bought uh, when I bought the YubiKeys, they looked at my email address, <laughs> you know, the comp- the domain name and like, oh, oh, yeah, you're that guy. Um, and like, yeah, do you want to sponsor a video sometime? I love your company. They've never responded. It's been months. So I guess they just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. It's, um, I, I don't know how often they do any type of sponsored stuff on there. They, they're such a well-known brand. It's, it's not like we're trying to promote them as a specific brand as much as they are such a well-known brand. They're so yeah. uh, well they're just there. They're, they're omnipotent in the market. They're pretty yeah, much, I can't think, I don't think they really have, um, cause Google, they have something similar teams. for their own security. Uh, Google has those special security things they were doing, but I can't really think of who a direct competitor is to the YubiKeys uh, platform. Wouldn't it be the Titan keys from Google? I think, but the Titan keys were for Google specifically and not necessarily for everybody else. For example, when you look at authentication methods supported by LastPass Premium or Bitwarden Premium, you don't see Titan in there. You see YubiKey. Hmm. I so, thought they were universal or, or maybe they are now. I don't know. But I thought they I thought they did make something that was competing. But either way, yeah, I mean, there are other things out there. I think I've seen some off-brand ones that kind of scare me. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're cheap, right? And the, the way I look at it, it's not that if you buy the cheapest key that you can get, it's not that big of an investment. And, yeah, we love it. But to be completely fair, if Yubico had like a massive security breach tomorrow, and did something really stupid in the security that came out, we would drop them like so quick. Like yeah. we would just go on the next episode and be like, yeah, about the YubiKey thing, you guys need to stop using that. We'll just totally throw that out there. But so far, um, knock on wood, we haven't had any big problem. And YubiKey or Yubico has actually been a big and a good steward of security. So, yeah. so far I trust them, but, you know, to be fair, my trust is never hundred percent in it because you know, no, everything as things change, fail. companies get bought. <laughs> yeah. They get bought, like we're talking at the beginning of the podcast, just like yeah. just minding your own business. Oh, wait, what? Um, yeah. What's next? Ubuntu getting uh, bought out by Microsoft. You never know. Right. Um, I didn't mean we're waiting on that one still. We've been predicting yeah. that one for years. We just can't I believe it that hasn't happened. happened. <laughs> no, they'll probably buy Sousa anyway. Um, yeah. That's a different topic. Somebody will buy something. They're, they're too busy buying. Microsoft is too busy buying video game companies right now. So yeah, they don't yeah, care. Yeah. They, they're trying to buy, you know, they're not in, they don't have the push they had in the school market they used to. So now they just buy the game companies and go, hey, you liked us. Remember, we're the Minecraft people. Come on, kids, buy Microsoft stuff later because we're the Minecraft people. You remember Minecraft? You like that, right, kids? Yeah. Yeah. You want our, you want our system. Um <laughs> Yeah, you anyway. liked our you liked our software. Come come taste this Microsoft Office 365 that we keep raising subscription prices on. <laughs> oh boy. Uh oh yeah, I mean Microsoft sound maybe a little bit creepy. Wait, they are a little well, creepy. <laughs> you know, we could probably have a whole episode about I won't, that. In particular, I won't bash on Microsoft. I'll stop. They do some good things too. They so. do some good things. They're not, there's actually been a lot of good. I, I've 
been there. I've interviewed people like Jeffrey Snover. If you check around, you'll find some interesting topics I've had. He's the guy that came up with a little thing called PowerShell. Maybe you heard of it. Um, there, there's some definitely really good people on there uh, that, at Microsoft. I, I will dog on them as some of their past, and they're still a large corporate company that occasionally makes bad decisions, but there are some really good and really talented, uh, smart people that care about the greater ecosystem of things. Right. And they actually care about open source too. So I, I will completely say that. <laughs> I just and like I, making jokes about them and <laughs> their corporate overlord buying everything. Cause you're right. They're buying all the game companies. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, yeah, like, insa like insanity and things like someone, um, I have to bring this up in the chat room is just so funny. I don't know if this would work in practice, but Winston mentioned uh, security through insanity where you have YubiKeys, <laughs> like a, like a, like a bunch of YubiKeys. You have to press them in a certain order to get into your, oh. uh, I'm pretty sure though, that when you press the YubiKey button, that the enter key is programmed to like press enter. So but I don't know if that would work, but that'd be hilarious where you have like, Four YubiKeys, you have to have a certain pattern. I actually but then like again, that like, idea. are you going to plug them in the same order every time? Um, that's just funny, you know. Security. What if we did this as an escalation? This could be a fun video day because they press center. You actually set the system to prompt for a series of YubiKeys. So any elevated privilege action that um you know was going to be very uh, needs a high level of authentication. Let's just say it, it, you would have the first person put the YubiKey in, second person, and a third person, or three YubiKeys in some pattern. Uh, that actually could be done. That way, you need two people's authorization or three people's authorization to actually get an action done. Um, this oh. could be fun. That, that another another thing. <laughs> We could we could probably do this in the SSH modules where you just loop it to require more than once in the PAM module. Maybe there's a way to tell it to ask for uh, each key because when you're setting up the keys and yeah. All right. You guys got us way off topic. Well, I, think, I think one last thing I'll mention <laughs> to, to go further off topic because why not? Right. Um, yeah. What if you you know want to reboot a server? And you have three system admins. Each one has a YubiKey, and each person that are re you know the remote, they each have to press the button in order to reboot the server. So it's kind of like how you know the nuclear reactor is like, oh yeah, I have yeah. to have like this key and this key and this key. You to reboot a server, you have three admins, three YubiKeys, and each one has to press their button to facilitate the reboot. So no one person is to blame for um, a reboot that shouldn't have happened. Absolutely. There's As all someone, kinds of crazy things you can do with this stuff. Yeah, I do. Like someone said, use the uh, Shamir secret splitting schema where you can have, at, you always need a quorum of at least three out of the four people with the secret uh, together. So yeah, that, that could be fun. Right, <laughs> There's so many add, different ideas. Just add um, rm-rf slash, because someone mentioned something similar in the chat, and then um, have that be the, the thing. And then just throw it out in the middle of a, a you know parking lot, see if anyone's stupid enough. And if they're running Linux they or Mac, they plug it in and press the button, they wipe out everything. Yep. You shouldn't have used it. You shouldn't have done that. Don't ever do that again. Put something in your computer that you found on the street. Um, Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> don't do any of those things. I, I'm just in a um, oppositional mood, I guess. Yeah, it seems like fun, though. Come on. It kind of does, right? Yeah. I actually have a bad USB here um, that we we play with at the shop. I did. I haven't tried it yet. I got to see um, if the new guy will put it in his computer. So that's that's always the fun thing is hand it to the new guy. This is, uh, it, it just goes over to um, my friend Xavier's site that says you've been hacked by Xavier and it launches a browser in Windows and opens up his site. <laughs> Why not a Rickroll? I mean, that'd be the best. Yeah, I, well, it brings you right to is uh, how to buy security from him and auditing from his. So, uh, but Rick that is so brilliant. That's the best way to sell your services right there. Yes, yes. 
So, all right. Well, thank you very much. Um, I will have Jay's video where he talks about how to get this set up. Jay is coming out with a new video that will be out, but you could be watching it sometime in the future when that video is out. And that will also be in the show notes if it exists yet. But either way, check Jay's channel. He's got lots of great stuff over there uh, regarding this. And uh, awesome. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.